The views expressed on this podcast are those of the participants, not of Reuters News. I think this uh, claim it was a liquidity, not a solvency crisis, that's a fig leaf supervisors are using. If you die from pneumonia, it's not the fever that kills you, it's the pneumonia that actually kills you. And the claim that Credit Suisse is still solvent has a very weak basis. Solvency, according to uh, FINMA uh, handbooks, has to be assessed in a forward-looking manner. And in a forward-looking manner, Credit Suisse was hardly solvent. That was Urs Birchler, a banking and finance professor and former Swiss National Bank executive, telling me how he believes Swiss regulators failed to identify early enough and adequately address the crisis that nearly toppled Credit Suisse in March. Welcome back to The Exchange, a podcast from Reuters Breaking News to explore some of the big questions in business and finance with expert guests. I am Lisa Yucca, the European business editor of Breaking Views, and for this week's episode, I travel to Zurich to understand what led to the Swiss government-sponsored takeover of Credit Suisse by its larger rival, UBS, which came 15 years after Bern bailed out UBS. While Swiss finance minister Karin Kellersutter hailed the rescue of Credit Suisse as a private solution, which is light on taxpayers, Professor Birkler, who has represented the SNB on the Basel Committee on Banking Supervision, believes the Federal Council, the Swiss Central Bank and financial regulator FINMA opted for a quick-fix solution. This approach, he told me, came too late, raises question marks on the country's ability to supervise its banking sector and leaves Switzerland unable to afford a further rescue should the new megabank fail. To learn more about the questions surrounding the Credit Suisse debacle, listen on. Professor Birchler, it's very nice to be here with you in Zurich. Thank you for joining us on the exchange. We recently witnessed a crisis in Switzerland involving Credit Suisse, the country's second largest bank. That was resolved by means of a government-sponsored takeover by its bigger rival, UBS. How do you assess the intervention by Swiss authorities in this crisis, coming 15 years after the Swiss state rescued UBS? Personally, I'm really disappointed about the decisions taken by the authorities. To me, this looks like a a, a real quick fix, which came too late, uh, with insufficient conceptual preparation and with a lot of questions attached to it, particularly regarding the international aspects of the so-called solution. What could have been an alternative? Well, the standard solution is designed in the Banking Act under guidance of uh, the supervisor FINMA. uh, The bank could have been restructured. That doesn't mean bankruptcy. That means government could have taken over the troubled bank under a so-called resolution plan uh, in German Sanierungsplan and that would have left us with enough time to decide what optimally could be uh, the the future of uh, the different parts of Credit Suisse. 
The government defended its actions, and I was in in Parliament uh, recently listening to that. The government defended its actions by saying that this was the less costly approach for Swiss taxpayers. I mean, is that true? That, in my view, is definitely not true, because the cost which has never been mentioned in in the press, is not only this guarantee of 109 or 209 billion Swiss franc, but there is also now an implicit guarantee at the limit, and we do have to think of worse cases in in this area, uh, the implicit guarantee of UBS liabilities. The bank, which is now going to be formed by UBS taking over Credit Suisse, is going to be more than twice the gross domestic product of Switzerland. Would the Swiss Confederation be able to rescue you know, this new bank if a new crisis were to happen, let's say, in another 15 years? Well, that's the relevant question. What does able mean, I mean, they would have to, but it would be the end of Switzerland as a fiscally sound country. Um, You also mentioned that maybe this intervention that we've seen recently came too late. I mean, when should have authorities, maybe the Swiss National Bank even, intervene? I would hesitate to uh, identify a particular date. I would also hesitate to say Uh, to to think of intervention as kind of one big thing. Uh, Obviously, uh, FINMA knew a long time ago that something was going badly. Financial markets knew a long time ago that things were going badly. And the law allows for kind of stepped intervention uh, options, so I'm sure something better would have been uh, available. There are now people saying that because we will have a mega bank in Switzerland, the rules on capital, for instance, or maybe even the too-big-to-fail regulation must change, must be made stricter to prevent a failure in the future. What do you think about that? Will anything be changed? And will that be of use? Of course, spontaneously, I would agree with people uh, saying that we really have to do something courageous. Uh, But it's much more difficult to decide what uh, should actually be done. Personally, I'm a friend of uh, stronger capital regulation. And by that, I do not mean a bit stronger. I mean very much stronger because I think the cost of capital has always been overstated by banks. There is a lot of, uh, a lot of legends uh, circulating uh, even in supervisory circles. It's not as expensive uh, to, ha- to have more capital than, than people think. But this was not uh, a crisis of capital. So in uh, 2008, uh, when UBS had to be rescued, there was a big whole because they had made the wrong bets on certain assets. I mean, this time it sounded more like a a liquidity crisis in the end. It was a bank run. So do we need more capital, I mean, to solve this new type of crisis? I think this uh, claim it was a liquidity, not a solvency crisis, that's a fig leaf. 
supervisors are using. If you die from pneumonia, it's not the fever that kills you, it's the pneumonia uh, that actually kills you. And the claim that uh, Credit Suisse was still solvent has a very weak basis. Solvency, according to uh, FINMA uh, handbooks, has to be assessed in a forward-looking manner. And in a forward-looking manner, Credit Suisse was hardly solvent. Just think of the credit portfolio, which has not been marked to market after the recent increases in interest rate. So just think of the assessment of Credit Suisse solvency by the markets with exploding risk premia, with melting uh, of uh, shareholder value. Can I also ask you about the state of the Swiss banking sector? How will it look like uh, now after this big merger of the two major players? The Swiss banking sector is now somewhat in disequilibrium. We have one big bank, and even if this bank uh, is going well at the moment, there is a positive probability that it will not always do so in the future. And we have this equilibrium in all political discussions. We cannot discuss banking regulation without actually uh, thinking of UBS regulation. And it's for a legislatory body, an odd thing uh, to conceive laws not in a neutral way uh, affecting the whole market, but actually being laws in favor or against a particular market participant. Who's going to suffer most in this new environment? Because up until not so long ago, participants had the option of choosing between two large Swiss banks for certain services. Um, I'm thinking, you know, corporate credit, but, you know, maybe some international services. So um, now there's only one large bank, Swiss-based. I mean, is that going to hit a particular type of customers? Well, I hear quite some complaints or regrets by people representing small and medium enterprises. They uh, found their relations with Credit Suisse uh, always quite, well, easy, quite satisfactory. I have some private concerns regarding the market structure that, that remains. Of course, we still have uh, domestic competitors in the, uh, in the mortgage sector, but still competition will definitely suffer. And I also observe that people now move their money to other banks without a lot of regard to the solvency or the future solvency of those banks. Nobody actually guarantees that, for instance, Raiffeisen will never have a problem. Nobody guarantees that cantonal banks will never have a problem. History shows that cantonal banks had quite a, a number of problems, which are not problems for the depositors, but then, of course, for the taxpayers guaranteeing for those cantonal banks. Uh, absolutely. There may be a couple of questions again on the institutions, on the supervisors. Do you believe that FINMA could have acted differently with more powers? Some people say FINMA you know, should have been able to fine, for instance, you know, like the US uh, do. 
basically I'm relatively pessimistic uh, regarding the abilities of supervisors to prevent big banking problems. It's a bit hard to say why, but let me just say that if a guy earns 100,000 or 200,000 a year and he, he, he or she finds it difficult to stand up against a person uh, earning 20 million a year. I, I understand. So do you say that they are too close, maybe, to the sort of big banks? No, I don't think in Switzerland supervisors and, and big banks are too close. The very financial prestige of Swiss bank CEOs combined with uh, their occasional arrogance, uh, to put it that way, uh, makes it for supervisors a bit difficult to, to deal with them. And of course, there are extreme problems of asymmetric information. I mean, even the CEOs uh, or the top management of a bank has big difficulty to assess uh, their, uh, the, the bank's own risks. So how should the supervisors always uh, have a clear picture? Um, th there's also another um, issue that will affect uh, Switzerland, and this is the massive job cuts that are expected from this uh, forced uh, uh, merger. Do you think that there is any possibility that maybe UBS decides to do things differently, for instance, by spinning off uh, the Swiss domestic bank? Would that be a possibility? Well, if UBS has acquired Credit Suisse with a view on efficiency gains, it's hard to imagine that there will be no job losses. And on the one hand, I regret that very much. There are quite a number of my students uh, active in uh, working at Credit Suisse and, well, uh, as well at UBS. And even those at UBS may lose their job to a better qualified uh, new competitor coming in from Credit Suisse. At the same time, Switzerland has experienced several waves where some industries were uh, reduced to a fraction of their former uh, uh, glory. Uh, agriculture, textile, watches uh, for some time. So I think the country will survive that restructuring, given uh, our relatively flexible labor markets. I, I just wanted to ask you also about the future of Switzerland as an international financial place. This is the second crisis in 15 years, which had to involve government intervention. So do you think this is damaging for the international standing, you know, which was already hit quite a bit after the UBS crisis in 2008. Well, financial markets do not have the longest memories uh, available, but Switzerland as a financial center has been in a certain, well, decline already for some time. We have lost the privilege of uh, uh, not banking secrecy, but banking, banking secrecy for tax evasion internationally. Uh, other financial centers have uh, become quite successful, take uh, Hong Kong or uh, Singapore. So I think we will probably uh, 
uh, cook in a somewhat smaller casserole in the uh, coming decades, uh, which is not really a, a, a national disaster. So do you think that maybe Switzerland will continue to play a role more regionally rather than globally? I mean, obviously, Europe is nowadays quite even a flux uh, with the war in Ukraine and, and, and Switzerland is kind of a relatively safe place at the heart of that. Well, the question uh, regarding where and which regions and in which uh, branches of business Swiss banks uh, have uh, a chance of uh, being particularly successful is a difficult one. I'm very conservative in a way that I'd say we still have a strong economy in Switzerland. Uh, Switzerland needs uh, a, a decent credit supply. Uh, Switzerland produces a decent uh, supply of deposits. Uh, so I think there is uh, the domestic basis for Swiss Bank is intact, and we do have an internationally active economy. So uh, Swiss banks do have prospects for being active uh, internationally. Whether Swiss private banking will be the big thing in Asia or will be the big thing in the EU, uh, that's another question. After financial crisis, everyone, after the fall of the Swiss uh, banking secrecy in its old uh, version, uh, everybody had it for Asia. And of course, if everybody goes to the same direction, it, it it's often it doesn't remain as profitable as it as it used to be. These are open questions and uh, I'm certainly not the guy who has the wisdom to, to uh, give advice here. Just to maybe conclude our conversation, so this is a, a year of reflection for Switzerland after the crisis, also a year of election. The Federal Council has promised some sort of report at some point also on the events which just happened. What do you think are the key lessons to be learned from this situation and what changes do you expect uh, may be implemented in Switzerland? To put it a bit <laughs> in drastic terms, I think the key lesson we should learn is that we are not the selected country. If you look at Switzerland today, we are becoming a part-time country uh, Switzerland would be close to collapse if the immigrants and the expats would, would leave the country. Uh, we are unable to fix obvious problems with actually obvious solutions like uh, uh, old age security or old age insurance. Uh, we are unable to define our stance with regard to the European Union and now we have messed up this uh, banking situation with failing Credit Suisse. So I think we should probably wake up and uh, pull our sleeves up and get back to work. Well, thank you, uh, Professor Birchler. It was a pleasure speaking to you today. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast was produced by Thomas Shun in Hong Kong. Subscribe to The Exchange and our sister podcast, The Views Room.
on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out every day at breakingviews.com and on Twitter where our handle is at breakingviews. I'm Kim Vanell. Join me every morning for a roundup of what's happening at home and around the world. From the front line in Ukraine. Extraordinary how these people adjust and uh, even laugh when you take cover. To the heart of US politics. When Trump said that he expected to be arrested, it seems like he was trying to get ahead of the story. We bring you everything you need to know in 10 minutes. For your essential daily briefing, follow Reuters World News wherever you get your podcasts.